But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But, but, but bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys. Fatty, Fatty, Big Bride, Big Bride, and my cousin Vinny, and my cousin Vinny. What is going on, everybody? The ham is loose, and it's October fourth, baby. All right, we are legal ham in the face. I am that fat guy, Jared Fatty Bates. I also have my big fella, Big Bri, here with me. What's going on, big fella? What's up, fella? Well, we got a lot to discuss today, and it's not pretty. At least half of it's not pretty. The other half is actually kind of fun for us. (laughs) But to start out our show today, we always got to thank Harold Kuehl and the Lake Erie APA. I have some shirts to give away. We have a trivia question. And, Bri, just a heads up, it is a Gardo's trivia question for you Oh, today. boy. Okay. So, everybody, get down on your Guardians trivia. Uh, Harold Kill has got shirts here. We have a white, a gray, and a white shirt that we are giving away today. If you can answer the trivia right in the comments, because Bri can't see the comments, and only know I can. Mm-hmm. If you answer this trivia right in the comments, you get a free T-shirt shipped to you. Courtesy of Harold Keel and the Lake Erie APA. Also, uh, Bry, this Sunday, we will be downtown. Uh, I don't know if you're 100% confirmed yet, but I will be there. I think I'm going to be there. It's trending that way. Um, So I did have a question. Um, The mac and cheese, what time is that taking place? They normally do it around like 1030-ish. Killing me. Why so early? Maybe 11. Because they start okay. shutting down the tailgate. They start packing away stuff at, like, I think noon, 1230. So people can start walking to the uh, game. Sure. So, sure. So just giving you a heads up. I'm not 100% for sure. I, we can ask. Okay. We can ask. Yeah. I'm probably, you know, I'll probably make an appearance. If it's at 1030, I don't know if I'll be there in time. Well, I'll probably good. stop at a different one beforehand and then walk over. Um but yeah, if it's like eleven thirty or something, they'll be there for sure. Well, we will also have two other shirts to give away at that tailgate. I got the, whatever's left over here is getting uh, given away there, and the only thing that we ask is that you take a picture with us when we give it away, one of us, and either share it on Facebook or share it on Twitter, wherever your platform's at, and just Sweet. give us a shout out and give the uh, APA a shout out. We'd really appreciate it. How are we giving them away? There? Yeah. Yeah, well, by choice. We'll just random. Random people. Just just find one Excuse person. Me. Either okay. that or we can put it in with the uh, Jersey raffle drawing that they do for uh, Top Dog. You know, okay. we just throw it in there and whoever gets the number gets a free T-shirt with it. And then, you know, 
We'll figure it out. Gotcha. All right. Uh, the rundown for today, Brian. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to get a little bit of Cleveland headlines here a little bit with your guards getting ready for the playoffs. We're going to get into the Browns. Jesus, whatever loss that was to the Falcons. Um, we'll get into that shit show. Um, we'll look ahead to the Chargers that are coming here for the ninth. We will get into our Fat Boy Tuesday where we will be talking mac and cheese a little bit and talking about West Thurton Summit, who puts this on for City Dogs of Cleveland. And then we will be getting into college football a little bit for me and Big Fella. And then we're going to round out the show at the end with our top three best college athletes that couldn't cut it in the pros. So whether it be all the hype that coming out in college mm-hmm. and you show up to the pros and you're just mediocre or vice versa, you know, we'll figure it out. Not vice versa, but you know, somebody that just came in and you thought was going to blow up everything. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yep. All right. Craig is here. Howdy, Craig. Jose is here. Jose. Hey. All right. So, Brian, we got to get into our shout outs. Now, first off, I have to apologize to you for this weekend. I was sick all weekend at the house. I missed work on Friday and Saturday. Okay. I got your text about the uh, get together with Big Boy Phillips and uh, Danny Shelton Dwarf. Um, but I, I, I just, I couldn't do it, bud. I felt like complete doll it's all crap. Good. It's me. Good time. Um, I did happen to show, uh, your cousin the video with you and King Carmen. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, it's, he goes, I don't know what it is about this family and making, uh, people that are supposed to be big, look small. I was like, I don't, I don't know, bud. I, you tell me. Yeah, I forgot to, I forgot to tell him that I met King Carmen. So he was he was all he was joking around. I'm like, I've never met any person that can actually look at a defensive tackle that's supposed to be 330 pounds and make him look like a dwarf, but you did it. <laughs> you definitely did it. Uh James is here. What's going on, James? Congratulations to your 49ers last night because they helped me in fantasy, buddy. They helped won, me in fantasy like you wouldn't believe. Won me 150 bucks on a pick 'em. Woo! That's a nice. I- I was in second place, and I figured everyone's going to pick the Rams, so I went the other way. I went with uh, the Niners and pulled off the upset for me. All right. Well, Brian, we're doing our shout-outs now. Do you have any shout-outs this week? Yeah, let me shout-out the Medina Bees. They uh, they took it to Menor this past weekend. They're 5-1, and one. Um, you know, after losing Drew Aller last year to Penn State. They haven't skipped a beat. They're averaging like 45 points a game or something like that. So, yeah, I might, might even go to the game this Friday. They take on uh, their arch rival, in-county in rival, the, the Blue Devils from Brunswick. So, yep, first time, hopefully not the last time, I'm shouting out the Medina Battling Bees football team. Nice. That's all I've got. That's it? That's it. All right, I got to shout out uh, my my little ones, my little heathens, which I do have the uh, the me and twin shirt. Oh yeah, me little oh. <laughs> that my wife got for me at Twins Days. Nice, um, I, I got to shout those two little knuckleheads out because they just colored up in their belts for Taekwondo. So, Bri, watch out! You might get a karate chop the next time they see you. Just a no, chop. I ain't gonna mess with that. Little crane kick, you wouldn't believe what they've learned, Bri. 
They're going to come <laughs> off the top rail at you like Jimmy Superfly Snooka. You won't know what to do. <laughs> um, I got to shout them out. I got to shout out my mom who got the keys to her new house and has moved in now. And then other than that, Top Dog Tailgate. Can't wait to see you guys this weekend. Come down and have some beers with you guys. Come down and have beers with everybody at Western Summit. Uh, Craig Foster is going to be there. We're going to see him, I believe. Um, we're going to see Lauren's going to be there. She's already talking crap about Flip Cup. And then, you know something, Brian? Oh, that yeah. One drinking game I never really have played is Flip Cup. Never played it? Never played it. I played wow. Pong. I played Pong. I played, you know, shoot, I played everything except Flip Beer Cup. Beer Ball? Which, what's Beer Ball? You throw a ping pong ball at a can of beer, and if you hit it, your team starts drinking. Yeah, but we did it different. The only place I've ever played is at our tailgate, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, nowhere else. You need a lot of space. You need a lot of area. <laughs> Guys have jumped over the fence going towards the highway from the muni lot to retrieve a ball, and, uh, yeah, it gets a little crazy. Yeah, because, like, the way we used to do it, instead of throwing the ball at the beer can, we would bounce it into it. So the ball wouldn't go everywhere. So you have like okay. a little bit of because by the time we start doing it, right, your uh, your motor functions are not the greatest. So once you hit that can, and if it goes just six inches, the whole table is probably going out at some point in time. <laughs> you can get a little rowdy. A little rowdy, but I like I've played all the card games and stuff. I just never, and I've played you know pong. Like I said, I just never really got into the flip cup and all that stuff and i mean i've done das boot i have das boot here oh. now it's oh you looked over there like you got it right there with you i thought i had it up here with me but uh, i don't uh that was one of my uh birthday gifts long time ago was das boot nice. and uh they yelled at me because all i did was just drink beer out of it they're like you gotta chug it i'm like i can't chug you gotta but wait now, for the bubble and then now the great twist thing it. is the great thing is now though, Brian, now that I got my nose fixed, I could chug like you wouldn't believe. That's that's what we come to see on uh Sunday. We can't wait. A little flip cup action. Pop that uh yeah. You, gonna, you wanna do a little shotgun with me when we get there? I can do that. I can All do right. a shotgun. It's been a while it's been a long while since I've shotgun a beard, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Same here. But I'm ready. But I'm ready. <laughs> Jose, we know you can chug. <laughs> I want to see that. Well, I don't want to take care of it afterwards, but I want to see it. And Jose says, I play, I play those games. Let's go drinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Jose, you play those games. I, you play them, or at least try to play them. But last how, how much? How much is it for uh, Uber from Beachwood down to the Muni lot? I don't know, but I'm about to find out from my side. <laughs> 40 bucks, maybe? Yeah, 30 yeah. bucks. Yeah, it's probably less than that. I mean, if you drop him off at a bus station, he'll be good. I don't trust yeah, he, that. He said he's played every single one of them, and he can chug. So, looks like we're going to have Jose come down with us on Sunday. <laughs> How would you like that, buddy? There you go. I can't wait. All right. Well, Bry, let's let's kind of sort of rip off the well, it's not ripping off the band-aid yet. We're not there yet because we got trivia time coming up. Trivia. Your chance to win a free Lake Erie. Let me pull this bad boy up here. Lake Erie APA pool players shirt. Right there. Nice. Uh, established since 1979. 
All right. So, Bri, let me play our wonderful, wonderful. I got, you know, it's weird when you don't have the hands here you need and, you know, just got to. And our church is about to be brought to you by Papa V and Curb Peel. Get a hold of Papa V at Curb Peel 419.com. All right, Brian. Chance to win a Lake Erie APA shirt. You ready for this, bud? Let's do it. All right. Your Cleveland Gardos are going to the playoffs. And your star, third baseman, is tied for 20th. In single season RBIs with the number one overall RBI leader in a single season for your Cleveland Guardians slash Indians. Can you name that player? Yeah. Um, it's probably the beer. I'm going to blame it on the beer. I'm lost. Uh, so who... Who is Ramirez tied with for RBIs? The same person who holds first place. Who so, holds first place? Okay. Overall, Jose is tied for 20th right now with him in a different season. Okay. And he also holds first place for the Guardians or? For the Guardians slash Indians. Guardians slash Indians. So the, the, the leader who leads the Guardians Indians in RBIs in a single season. In a single season. That's who you're looking for. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. All right. Do you Can need you, a, you under? Yeah, I need like before 75, 80. No, no, no. After. In our prime. No, getting... In our prime. So I've seen him play. You've seen him play. Okay. I like that. In fact, now I'll hold that for later. See if somebody can get it here in the comments because I got a little another nugget for you here a little bit later. But, mm-hmm. all right, so that's your trivia. If you can answer that trivia in the comments, and I don't know if you cheated. It's Craig, I'm talking to you, Craig. I don't know if you cheated. All right, no Google, none of that stuff. You win a T-shirt from Lake Erie APA. And if Brad gets wrong, you can rub it in his face, which is yep. all. So, <coughs> on that note, who holds the single season RBI record for your Cleveland Guardians slash Indians? And the hint that I gave Bry, Jose Ramirez is 20th this year alone with like 122 or 120. He's still got a couple more games to go. He is tied mm-hmm. with that same person, but that different year for that same person. Different season. Gotcha. All right. Okay, I'm good. Yep. I got All you. right, Brian. Well, let's get in to your. Hold on. Leave an headline. Now, James had his first question in, and he is wrong. But, James, mm-hmm. it's not putt once. It's putt twice. We're like the price is right. You get a second putt at it. So you get one more swing at it. And if you cannot contract, you are out. 
So you get one gimme because of Fatty. Fatty gives you one gimme. What's going cool. on, Claire or Toby? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it. You gotta keep that uh, hush hush. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not. All right. Yep. Nope. Never mind. All right. So your headlines: the Cleveland Guardians start a three-game series with, I believe, Tampa or Seattle. And I told Brian to remind me: it's either one of them. We uh, we don't know which one yet. Uh, some things have got to play out for us, but it starts Friday. And Shane, I believe Shane Beeper is on the hill, and Chris Bam is wrong, and Craig Foster is wrong on the trivia. Strike one for you two. All right, so um, right now with them going on, I guess they sold out Friday and Saturday and Sunday, kind right. of a coin flop, but how awesome is that, that we get a playoff series, an actual series, not a playing game, not one game. We get three game series to see if we can move on and play – I think it's the Yankees. So all the games are in Cleveland. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I, I think I think I thought I heard something about that as well. Um, I know yeah, you think I it might be because <clears throat> the format and everything. Because mm-hmm. beforehand, I knew when they used to do the best of five. You know, you right? Would, it would go two, two, one. Yeah, two, two, one. Now that it's a best of three, I'm not sure. Because it'd be kind of stupid if they're playing Seattle and it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. Right. And then they're flying Saturday night to Seattle or whatever. Right. But also, we don't even know the game time yet, I don't think. Because hmm. either 1, 4, 7, or 10 or something like that. 1, 4, 7, or 10. <coughs> so, um, yeah, it's – I don't know. But I'm excited to play off baseball. It's back here again in Cleveland, and it's going to be a great time. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, I feel bad for the people that we have for candidates for the uh, the end of the year awards uh, with Quan should be the rookie of the year. And I'm telling you what, right now, Tito Francona, I, I know he's done it before. He's done all this stuff. But to have the youngest team in baseball with all the rookies and all the call-ups that he has, and to get this team to the playoffs, you got to look at him as manager of the year. Uh, you really do, Bry. And it's something special to say that we have him here to stabilize this franchise along with the front office. And it's, Tito, I, I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for the Indians organization. You could have gone anywhere you wanted to, and you chose Cleveland, and you stayed in Cleveland. Thank you. So, Bry, how are you, how you feeling over there about our playoff chances? I, I don't know how you give it to anyone else uh, in the American League. I don't know if anybody else is more deserving than uh, than Francona. Uh, certainly, based on expectations going into the year and where they ended up, uh, yeah, he's got to be a no-brainer. Um, as far as the playoffs go, it sounds like maybe, hopefully, we, we might get the team that we want to play, and that's the Rays. Um, I know, be careful what you wish for. And it's not going to be a gimme or anything, a slam dunk, but uh, but they're a little banged up. Um, I know they just got their uh, stud pitcher back. Um, what another week? Week ago, two weeks ago, or something? He pitched against us uh, last time we played them, uh, but only for a couple innings. So, yeah, to get them, you know, I think they're prime for the taking. Um, Seattle. I mean, I'm not afraid of any of these teams, to be honest, but. Um, 
But yeah, they they just had a tough series with the Rays, and what every game came down to like one run or a couple of them went to extra innings or something. It seems like we played a ton of extra inning games this year. I don't know if that's uh, different from other teams in the league, but man, we're just. But it gets them. It gets them used to playing these tight baseball games, and that's what it's going to be in the playoffs. It's going to be. I mean, we remember from years past. You're on the edge of your seat. Every pitch, you know, you drop down by a couple runs, you think the world is collapsing. If you go up a couple runs, you think you got it in the bag. So you kind of just have to be patient and you got to do something that the Browns haven't done yet this year. And that's stay focused for the entire game until you can put it in the W column. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how they're going to react. Um, I They've kind of surprised me up to this point. So, you know, I, I, I know that the young team like this in the playoffs, they kind of have to take their lumps or sometimes the stage gets too big for them. But who knows? This team has, uh, has shed all the other stereotypes based on the young teams uh, in the Indians-Guardians past. And so, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this opportunity. Well, Brian, we have our first shirt giveaway winner. Chris, again, Craig Foster is the first one to answer it correctly. Congrats. Now, Craig, are you coming to West Third and Summit for the mac and cheese contest? Because if you are, it would save me some stampage, and I could just give it to you there, because I think you might be coming. So let me know in the comments. Congratulations, Craig Foster, who won the trivia. Now, Brian, you have not answered it yet. Nope. But we do have a winner. And so I just wanted to let you know, we had a lot of guesses, but we have a winner finally. So Craig, congratulations. You get a Lake Erie APA t-shirt along with another little goodie I got set back here that nobody knows about. So Bri, before we get, I'm, I'm trying to delay it because I don't want to. Please do. Yeah. So um, what we're going to do is we are going to go over the illegal hand of the face. Fantasy Football League. And, Bri, it was a wonderful, wonderful time here for Team Fat Happy Endings. Um, I had, I was barely up against Team Big Meat, and he had Matthew Stafford going last night. Oh, boy. He had a 93% chance to win. And guess what, Bri? He got a whopping six points. Gotta love it. Fat so what'd you win by? Fat Happy Endings wins 103 to 99. All wow. right. <laughs> team Span wins against Harold. Harold is in his team right now. So he's got. Yeah. Yep. Saw that. Harold 131 to 110. The fantasy football team beat the Wonder Years 146 to 127. Bry, Bry, Bry. Team Big Rod. Beat Big Bry, 140 to 117. The, oh, wow, look at that. Phillips got one. The Portage County Prostitutes, 114 over the Juice, 106. Wow. Baldy Locks had a great week at 156. And Dog Pound Boys, Craig had a 113. And then Cleveland Lyman Lounge, 152 to Giggles, 91. So, 
the leaderboard after four weeks. You have Giggles, Span, Dog Pound Boys, Football Team, Prostitutes, and Fat Happy Endings at three and one. A whole bunch of teams at two and two. And two teams at OM4, Brian Loveless and Harold Keel at OM4. <laughs> no. Hey, there's still time. There's still time, yeah, bro. It's, it's one of those one of those times. I don't go through the excuses or anything. <laughs> Sometimes you you just don't don't have a good showing. So I got nothing to say. Now I do have to throw in one more because I I don't want to. Craig is here. I'm in. Uh, Craig invited me into his fantasy football league, mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of just stepped on him into the dirt. <clears throat> um, but. I beat him 158 to 122. And buddy, it was it was merciful what I did to him. And I gotta go back and take a look. Here it is. Nope. One more. Where's it at? Why is I hate it when they actually switch over and they don't show you the actual butt whooping that I gave him. Brian, how do I do this? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what are you looking for? There you just is. gave us a score. Well, I beat him 158 to 122. But I think my kicker had like 22 points. <clears throat> Who's your kicker? Uh, the Minnesota kicker, I think. Really? Yeah. Greg Joseph. Yeah. Our old buddy. I think that's who I have. So Yeah. Everybody knows that the air is lighter in London. All right. So I'm going to try. I was coming, but girlfriend's sick. Okay, I get it. Let me know, and then worst comes to worst, um, I'll send out the shirt to you, okay, buddy? Uh, Chris, do you set a max? Did you set a max two QB on the roster on purpose? Bry, yes, he did. Bry did. Yep. Fourteen uh, teams means twenty-eight quarterbacks. Everyone can't afford to have three, so believe me, as the owner of Dak Prescott, I would like to keep him, but I couldn't afford to. Uh, to do that, so I cut him loose. I think Harold picked him up. Wouldn't surprise me. Harold's sneaky like that. Yeah. Well, it's fine. I mean, hey, you got to make tough decisions. I got Trevor Lawrence out of it, so now, one, 1A, 1B. Now, this I don't know if this is breaking news or not, but Tom <laughs> Brady getting divorced. So we'll see about that. I, I wouldn't surprise me. Hey, he wants to play football. His wife doesn't want him to. Well, you got to learn. He's like a big riff. You got to learn when to hang him up, Brian. When you come in looking like you've been in a salt mine working for like three weeks straight and coming out looking like an alien, there's something wrong with you. He saw he saw how weak the NFC is. I mean, it's <laughs> there for the taking. They're definitely Ain't nobody running away with that. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers barely beat Bailey Zappi. <laughs> No oh, shit. He said it's true. Check it out right now. It's the news right now. Well, guess what? Breaking news here on uh, Fat Boy Tuesday. Another well, we've delayed it long enough. I suppose we should uh, I give don't them want... what they came for. I don't want to do it, Brian. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to do it. We got to forget and move on. All right. Well, that's what we tried to do last time. It was a quick one. This isn't going to be quick. Or painless like the other one. Um, your Cleveland Browns horribly lost to the Falcons. Uh, they had the game in check. Um, Brian, I did put a 
tweet out at the end of the game, and there is nobody to blame right now for me except for coaching. And it is coaching like you wouldn't believe, and it's glaring obvious, and it's painful now that I see it, and I didn't want to actually like be that hard on the coaching, but there's certain things that are happening now where you need to kind of look yourself in the mirror and see what you're wanting to do with this team if you're a coach of that team. <laughs> um, Brian, what did you uh, take away from this game? Um, we did have it pretty much in the bag. I think Mariota only completed seven passes. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how do you lose that game, Brian? That's that's the big mystery to me, to be honest, because I really don't feel like we played that bad offensively, and I don't feel like we played that bad defensively outside of uh, you know them running the ball 14 times down our throat and stealing our soul outside of that. And, of course, that giant uh, play that we gave up in the fourth quarter, but I think that's a result of them just running it, running it, running it, and you not being able to stop it, um, you know everyone's first step is going to be towards the line of scrimmage. So when, oh, crap, they're actually throwing the ball, now we got to retrieve. So, I, I honestly, I can't really put the blame on anybody other than to say, you know, our defensive line is just not good enough. I mean, we just don't – you know, Isaiah Thomas got in there, made a little bit of noise. Um, Alex Wright – Tommy Togiai, these guys just aren't good enough. I mean, it's hard for me to blame them because they are what they are. They're not like starters for us. We're not counting on them to do anything. Uh, Jordan Elliott made a play here or there, but yeah, they just, they're good. They're a good rushing offense. And you missing Garrett and um, Clowney, I think that's what lost you the game. Uh, I think Tony Grossi said that he didn't think it had much of a, uh, impact of the result of the game. I 100% disagree. I think if you have Clowney and you have Garrett that game, you win because they can't run the ball down your throat because, you know, what separates a Miles Garrett from a TJ Watt is he can help in the run game as well. You know, when we signed Jadavian Clowney and we said, why is everyone getting so excited about this guy? He had zero sacks in Tennessee. Well, it's because he's damn good against the run. So I think if you have those guys, they can't just run the ball down your throat the way they did. And that's what set up the big uh, play, big pass play. Um, and it's just, it's hard to watch it over and over and over again. You know what's coming. You can't stop it. They're getting six, seven, eight yards, 12 yards here. And they're just, they're lining up and they're doing it time and time and time again. So we can talk about, you know, the final drive and the mistakes that Brissett made, but yeah, I. it's just – it's frustrating because I feel like we didn't play that bad of a game outside of, you know, our couple turnovers um, and in that stretch where we just could not stop the run at all. Yeah, the – you can't stop the run. And, like, the entire time that that was happening, Bri, and I, I'll, I'll give you a little insight to the uh, mind of the fat guy, is the entire time this is happening, I'm going – Am, am I playing Madden right now? Like, and then the next one was, who the fuck is Huntley? Mm-hmm. Who is this guy? And I'm just, and I'm trying to figure out what is going on. And they're just, Brian, they didn't even try a pass. I don't think that entire, they just rushed it right down. 14 straight runs. 
but the thing is, though, we unheard did, of. We did come back and chub him all the way to the end zone with ours. But yeah, but but my biggest thing, I understand where you're coming. That point in time, your defense is just. We had questions about defensive line and the depth there, and mm, <laughs> we we need some players. We need somebody to step up. Uh, the loss of Anthony Walker now. Now he did okay. Sure. He did okay. That's glaring how important that loss is, especially in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the secondary, Bray. Bray, I know I am like the biggest Ohio State homer. I am. He got an interception. But, Bry, what the hell is going on with Denzel Ward? Like, that, you sit there and you say that guy was wide open. That was another blown coverage in the fourth quarter, Bry. Is that, that his fault? Was that Denzel's fault? I don't know it was. But there was nobody 30 yards around him. How the hell is that not a blown coverage? I don't care if it was a play action. You don't leave a guy that freaking wide open. I understand. Bry, you and I could have waltzed another 10 yards after that catch. And I don't waltz that well. <laughs> I can do a two-step and a jig, but a waltz is too much. We need to see that. <laughs> oh, there he is. The Godin. Michael's here. What's going on, Mike? Thank you for watching, bud. What's up, Mike? Um, Miss man. But, man, Brian, this is just – it's bad. It is bad. It's bad. And you know something for me? It started right at the beginning right at the beginning, and that set the tempo. You went all the way down there, and you had a fourth and three inside, was inside the five? Mm-hmm. Okay. At that point in time, you're sitting there looking at it. How great is your offense playing right now? It's playing pretty good. Well, yeah, very well. Okay. How great is your defense playing right now? Mm. Suspect. Take all the points you can get. You just wiped away three points off the board right there kick that damn field goal because it's just the beginning of the game it's not like it's crunch time later on and you got to get fancy with something and all take the points because guess what you have a mediocre quarterback running three points was the difference in this game Brian? yeah three points and guess what if we would have kicked that field goal we'd probably have a whole different game plan right now and i understand analytics and everything else but the things you gotta do sometimes is just take what's right in front of you especially right at the beginning, I know you wanted a touchdown to set the tone. Three points sets the tone, too. You know what they did afterwards? They went down and got three points. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you got to take the damn points when you can get them. And I understand it's a chip shot. And it's everybody can say, well, you should do this. If it's the third quarter and you're down seven points, do whatever you want down to goal line. The first and second quarters determine what you have to do in the second half. And if you score points, you're putting points on the board. It doesn't matter where it's at or how it's done. There's points on the board. You walked out of there with nothing. Nothing. Now, he did grow some balls on the fourth down call on their 30-yard line with a sneak and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it's not. But, man, just – okay, Craig, he had, he had him wide open. I understand he had him wide open, but you got to look at your quarterback. And Ken Carmen said it the best. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He can have Chubb wide open wherever the hell he wants to. He's looking at a certain area. He's not Pat Mahomes where he's scanning the whole field while he's moving out. He has a set target. There are limitations to our quarterback right now, and they're glaring limitations. 
and he's not going to come back and win you a game. And if he does, it might be a fluke, but you have to be ahead on a team and run out the clock and he will manage that game to win that game. He is not going to come back and win. And we've had two games to show it to us. Okay. Now I'm done. Yep. I'm good. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> yeah. You know, I say I'm not going to blame and go nuts over uh, the coaches, but I think certainly there's probably five to 10 play calls offensively and defensively where you could certainly blame the coaches because yeah, like you said um, to go for it, there, questionable. And then Brissett to just throw it out of the end zone. I know he said he was trying to throw a high ball in a joke or something like that, but um, I'm not buying it. Yeah, just fire it in there or try to run it yourself or just throw a jump ball up or something, you know, just give you a chance. And then uh, the end around to Najoku, I mean, oh my God. Could, have you, has that ever been done in the history of the NFL, an end around to a, a tight end? I mean, your fastest tight end is slower than your slowest receiver. So why would you even think to do that? Yeah, I, you, you know, you're not going to catch them off guard with that. And certainly that was embarrassing. Um, and then, yeah, th- the decision to throw the ball from the one-yard line on second and goal. Um, yeah, just you got Nick Chubb. You got Kareem Hunt. You got Jacoby Brissett, who he might not be an elite quarterback. He is an elite quarterback when it comes to sneaking the ball on third and fourth and ones. What's he? 95% success rate or something like that? It's not that hard when you look at Joel Petonio and go, hey, I'm following you. Get me in there. Because that's most of the time when he's sneaking, it's right behind Joe Petonio's ass. And Petonio's sure. three people. Sure. I mean, run run 15 sneaks a game if you have to. I mean, just to get some positive yardage. You know, right on. So, yeah, I know that, yeah, he didn't turn the ball over, but there's too many bad things that can happen when you're throwing the ball from the one yard line. And unfortunately that's what happened. And we had to settle for a field goal because yeah, it just run the damn ball. Um, and so, yeah, if it worked, we're not talking about it, but you know, I think there's a lot of cases like that to where it didn't work. And so we're left scratching our head. So it was frustrating all around, you know, if we win that game, we're saying thank goodness and uh you know this and that and but we lost it so there's so many things that we can point to that final drive um you know i don't know what happens to Brissett if he just freaks out uh in those situations and he feels like he has to make the game winning play just take what the defense has given you it's second or third down and 23 and you don't have to get it all if you get 10 or 15 yards, we're in field goal range or even, you know, eight yards or something, we can at least have a crack at it. You know, he's treating third and 23 like it's fourth and 23. And, and the same thing happened in the Jets game. They're dropping eight guys into coverage, so they're not going to give you a whole lot. So I don't know what he's thinking there. His only two turnovers of the year have come in those situations where he just – I don't – he's he plays outside himself. You know, his his game is to dump it down, get it to guys in space, and let them go. Um, and he just he, – he, it's clear that he's just forcing the ball in those situations. So, yeah, it's unfortunate that he was in that situation. But, um, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, he's just – he's not Deshaun Watson. He's a backup quarterback for a reason. He's been damn good for us. That scramble for a touchdown was – 
a thing of beauty and he's a gamer, but, um, you know, he, he has his limitations as well. Yeah. And you know, we should be four and zero right now, Bray. We honestly should be four and zero right now. Yeah. Marcus Mariota that only passed the ball seven times completed seven passes the entire time. And, Oh, Craig's going after Jose. He, Jose said, I was wondering why we can't put in the rookie quarterback. And then Craig goes, what rookie quarterback are you talking about? Dobbs. Is he talking about Dobbs? Yeah, Dobbs isn't a rookie, though. Um, <clears throat> but, Bri, um, I told you I wanted to play a game with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need you to put your coaching hat on right now. Okay. Uh, with that beautiful beard of yours and your dour stare. You're Coach Stefanski right now. I'll take that. And I am Phony Fatty. <laughs> From Fat, Fat, and Fatter. All right. Yep. All right. So, uh, Mr. Stefanski, why are you trying to be so cute with these uh, tight end end arounds, um, the 14 tight end screens on third and 33? And um, the only rushing Nick Chubb 15 times in a game where he could just bowl over everybody. Teams are uh, teams are going to be focused on your rush, and they're going to try to take it away. And so you have to get creative in, uh, in the plays that you call. And, you know, we know Jacoby Brissett is not going to outduel some of these other guys. I know, uh, you know, most of the quarterbacks he's played um, – have been replaced or about to be replaced, but we feel like we have to do something extra. We have to catch these defenses off guard because they're going to be expecting a heavy dose of Chubb and Hunt. And up to this point, the screen game has worked very well up to this game. We just didn't execute. And um, yeah, it's just something that we have to continue to work on because I think the opportunities are there. If, you can do them in the right situations. So going to continue to, you know, concoct these different plays. You know, they've had success. Um, you know, Chubb and Hunt, certainly they've they've done their thing and number one rushing team in the league. But um, but you have to have a little wrinkle. And especially when uh, when your defense or your offense is not at full go, you have to come up with these uh, these trick plays, as you might call them, um, to get the defense off guard. All right. Uh, you say that to soften up everything. Um, why not do some RPO screens out to Anthony Schwartz, who is your fastest person, instead of hand the ball off to David Njoku? <laughs> I mean, if the preseason proves one thing, it's that they don't trust Anthony Schwartz, um, you know, he's certainly an athletic freak, but until he proves that he can make plays consistently, we can't have him on the field. We'll try to get him the ball on end arounds and different ways like that. But, uh, but yeah, we can't be, uh, be trusting him at this point to do a whole lot. Last week, Amari Cooper was the highlight of the Browns offense. He made one catch on four attempts at him, four targets at him. Was that part of the game plan, or were you just um, just giving him a little bit of break on the field? 
Listen, uh, Amari Cooper had a, a tough matchup this week. AJ Terrell is one of the young up and coming cornerbacks in the league. And, you know, he, he shut him down. Maybe we would have liked to get him the ball a little more than what we did. But um, but you got to take what the defense has given you. And Donovan Peoples-Jones stepped up. He made some plays. And Cooper was open a couple times, and Brissett just wasn't able to hit him. So, ideally, if those plays uh, work out, he has a much different day. All right. And last question for the offense. Do you believe in your fourth-round pick, Cade York? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. All right. Why don't you use him? At that point in the game, you know, we had questions. We had questions on defense. I know. So we thought that we were going to have a shootout and we needed points. Now, in hindsight, looking back, if you told me 25 points would have won this game, I probably would have taken the field goal. I got you. All right. It's time for the defense now. Um, Is anything going to fix our run defense, Bri? Getting healthier. That's the only thing that's going to fix it at this point. Okay, next question to Big Bry, not coach now, Big Bry. Mm-hmm. Is our defense overhyped or is it play calling? Probably a little bit of both. Um, they've been playing a lot of zone and it's burned them in the ass a bunch of times. And when you have Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom, uh, I would think you would want to play a little more man because you trust those guys and, and – there's no miscommunication when it comes to man coverage. You got the guy right in front of you. You staying with him the whole time. So they should probably move to that a little more and see how that works out. I would trust that a hell of a lot more than I would trust their zone coverages at this point. But um, yeah, I think guys just need to step up. Guys need to play to their abilities and the coaches need to put them in situations so they can have the most success. Now, there's been a lot of people, and it's not a lot, Bri, but this uh, car accident with Miles Garrett, okay? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are, you know, telling him to grow up, um, you know, you shouldn't be driving that fast, blah, 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 blah. Bri, everybody drives fast. Um, I know I've gone over the speed limit. I know you had. It was an accident. Um, I know there is a track record with his speeding are you at all upset that miles garrett was this loose with a vehicle during the season sure sure i mean you're allowed to be upset and i think it shows a little bit of immaturity but like you said everybody speeds and you know, it was just an unfortunate situation. It's not like he's going 90 miles an hour in a 45 or something. He's going, according to reports, 20 miles over the speed limit, which is, you know, a little much. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't – hopefully this is a bit of a wake-up call for him. Um, but it's hard for me to get too upset with him. Uh, I'm upset as, with the result, and obviously the number one thing is his health and – the health of his passenger. But as a Browns fan, I'm disappointed. Like I said earlier, I think if you had Clowney and Garrett, you win the game. Maybe if you just have Miles, you might win the game. Just him alone, if he was full strength, I think you might have won that game uh, and what he can do for your run game. So, yeah, we'll never know, though. 
So hopefully, hopefully he gets right over the next week or two. It sounds like it could take a couple weeks for this injury to uh, to clear. But um, yeah, we need him as soon as possible. Now, last question for Big Bry's hot seat. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Is the chair warming for our coaching staff right now? I don't think so. I don't think so yet. I think it's still early in the year. I think these four games, you know, hopefully will be a distant memory. Um, or maybe it just continues the narrative as the season goes on. Um, I don't think you can pull the ripcord by any means after four weeks. Um, and Stefanski has a lot of – what's I, that? I just said warming. I didn't say right. hot. I'm no, just I, saying – I hear what you're saying. Yeah, maybe maybe at the end of the year you can point back to this these first four games as like, man, those are missed opportunities. But um like I said, that that will come. Once once we have a full picture of the entire season and how everything unfolded, uh I think at that point you'll be able to say, Okay, now he's on the hot seat or I'd be pretty surprised if they got rid of him after this year. I mean you still have to play out the year and see how it, how everything goes. But with all the turmoil and all the toxicity in the locker room and around this franchise over the last 12 months, you know, I think hopefully this coming off season, nobody wants to talk about it, but uh, you know, cause we're still in this season, but this coming off season will kind of be a cleansing and we'll get somewhat of a fresh start next year. Um. Bry, I wish you could see our comments right now because I am watching a back and forth between Craig and Jose. Oh boy, I don't think I want to see that. And it's 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 getting there. I, I'm just I'm staying completely <laughs> out of it right now. I'm just watching But they can't see each other's responses though. Oh right? no, no, they can. They're right to oh, each they other. Can. They're talking to each other right now. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of want to warn both of them. But then I'm just kind of like watching the fireworks go, and it's actually kind of fun because, hey, um, yeah. Don't I, get hooked. Don't get hooked. Don't, yeah. Uh, Craig, Jose's fishing right now. He really is fishing because that's the kind of person he is. Do not get hooked, Craig. Do not get hooked. But some of the f- stuff he's saying, Brian, is absolutely hilarious. I'll have to check it out. I'll, I'll fill you in later after the show. But, I'm hey, it's Jose kind of stuff. Let's just put it that way. Sure. All right. <laughs> All right, Brian. Uh, we got to look ahead. How did our score end up this week? Before I uh, – uh, Well, we both had the Browns, and we both had the Browns covering, so we both lost on both ends. Nice. This is awesome. Great. So, so that puts me – oh, I don't have it in front of me. I think what? Maybe I'm – Two and two. Two and two with Browns picks, and uh, you're one and three – with Browns. And we're both one and three against the spread. Yes. So the spread now is the Chargers by three, I believe. Correct. Last I saw. All right. Do you have paper to write this down? You got it. All right. Because we have coming up the Chargers, which we're going to get into here in just a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bri, I'm going to give you my score before we get into the Chargers. And you know something? I have been all over the board with this Browns team. When I think they're doing good, they do good. When I think they do bad, they do. Like, it's just when I think any polar opposite of what I think half the time, 
I thought they were going right. to come out and have a great game against Atlanta. And, you know, I thought a blowout against Pittsburgh, uh, you know, all this stuff. You know something, Bri? I'm just actually going to use my head this time. You have a very, very talented Chargers team coming into Cleveland. Now, I know it's West Coast to semi-East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but you have a top 10 quarterback in Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler's no joke. The defense is actually a pretty solid defense. Bri, I got to go with bold up on this one. Um, I I think they get ahead, and there's no way we can catch up to them. And I think they get ahead big. I think they win 35 to our 20. Dang. I have no faith in this defense, especially the secondary. And with Justin Herbert, this is our first true test of the quarterback, Bri. And Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco lit you up. What do you think Justin Herbert's going to do to you? Yeah. yeah. And this, the bad thing is, this is our bad stretch. We could have been 4 0 right now going into the next seven games with the star quarterbacks that we got. Let's see here Rodgers, Brady, Herbert, Jackson, like <laughs> Allen, Burrow. Yep. Yeah. Allen, Burrow. It's like, keep coming. And Jones. Jones might be back now. Yeah. Well, so. Yeah, we, we see the game I, similarly. So, right. so you got you got the Chargers and you got them covering. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm I'm right there with you. As you were talking, I wrote down my score and I wrote down thirty-one to twenty. So we're about the same place. Um, the, the Chargers are a talented team. They're missing some pieces. Bosa's out. Um, they're. Up and coming left tackle is going to be gone for the year, but I think they just have too much talent. They might be getting Keenan Allen back now. Uh, and right, if if the Falcons are going to do what they did to you, uh, who knows what the Chargers can do to you? And they're a team that's pissed off and on the rise now. If Justin Herbert gets re injured and hurts his ribs, I mean, all bets are off. Um, but you got to get it, get some pressure at him uh, and make him uncomfortable. Hit him, um, you know. Nothing dirty or anything like that, but you got to make them uncomfortable. You got to make them feel you. And we can't do that with our current defensive line. So you're going to have to do that with exotic blitzes, maybe sending some safeties or some corners on blitzes. Um, test that young uh, left tackle that they got playing. So, yeah, I, it, it's, I don't know. You know, the Browns, the Browns play better as underdogs. They're, they've been what favored in two games and they lost both of them. I, I they well, might have been favored in the Pittsburgh game. I'm not sure. Yeah, they were favored in the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, but they were coming off of a huge embarrassment, so it was easy oh, for yeah. them to get up for that one. So it's like it's almost like they relax a little bit when when everyone's picking them to win. Uh, that's the most frustrating thing in the world. Like you couldn't believe it. And yeah, honestly, with like a really good coach with Belichick or something. There's no chance we're not 4-0 because um, no way he lets them blow the game against the Jets. And, uh, you know, he has them ready to play against the Falcons. So, yeah, Stefanski's got to step – everybody's got to step their game up um, because you're going to need a damn near flawless game. You know, you're going to have to win the turnover battle by maybe a couple um, to, to compete this week, I think. And – you know, everyone's saying how great Justin Herbert is, and he's not quite there yet, but he's still damn good. So you're going to be tested. If he can just sit back there in the pocket and pick you apart all day, 
that's going to be a big problem. And we obviously saw that our rush defense isn't that great. So um, I don't know. It's a little scary thinking about the end result, but uh, but we'll see. We'll be hopeful. And, Bri, um, I think right now uh, your Cleveland Browns have really the whole team. Uh, offense, Chubb has played great. Offensive line has played great. Everybody's on the offense I'm not too concerned about. But defensive-wise, special teams and coaching, you got to take a look in the mirror. We're four games in now. We're four games in now. This is the first quarter. It's time to reevaluate and kind of take a look and see what's working and what's not. And like Brian said, this zone isn't working for us. You're going to start playing man, press them. That's what supposedly our corners are great at is playing man coverage. Uh, We'll have to see. But the secondary – the two keys for me right now, Bri, the secondary has to play flawless. We cannot give up another big play. It just can't happen. You give up a big play to this team, this game's over. Because they're just going to they're going to cut you with it. And on offense, you know, I love the one-two punch that we have with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But even watching this past game, Bri, Chubb is a different animal than Kareem Hunt. And he is your best player on this team right now. And you got to feed him. Uh, You gave him an extension. We've been modern as carries. We've been doing everything we can do to keep him healthy, everything else. Time management is going to win you this game. And you're going to have to ride that back of number 24 and ride it hard and let him go. Right, this is the time. You got to let the leash loose. You got to ride him to see what he can actually do because I'm sure he can play three downs every down. I'm sure he can. And then trickle in when he does get tired, trickle in Kareem Hunt. Give Kareem Hunt his 10 touches that he needs. But he doesn't need 15 to 17 touches. Kareem Hunt doesn't. Nick Chubb needs those now. And it's time for Nick Chubb to take a part of this offense and run it down everybody's throat. So that, I, I really do think it's time to unleash the beast. Well, to piggyback what you're saying, um, yeah, we know Nick Chubb is great running the ball up the gut. You know, he's pretty damn good on screens, too. And the reason nobody drafts him high in fantasy football is because he doesn't catch the ball much. Throw him some passes in the flat. You know, run him man-on-man with a linebacker up the middle of the field or something. Get him the ball in space. You know, everyone's putting – eight, nine guys in the box, and Nick Chubb's still making things happen. Getting the ball on the flat out, you know, towards the sidelines, something like that, you know, without a design screen to get him the ball. You know, what what the Steelers did with Le'Veon Bell for all those years. Big Ben just dumped it down to him and said, go make a play. And let's start doing that with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb can catch the ball. I oh, mean, and- he's had drops in the past, but not more than any other running back in the league. No, and Frustrating. I, I- – I completely agree with you 100%, Brian, because you want to know why? That man has led, since he's been in the NFL, has led the NFL in broken tackles. First yard contact. As soon as he's touched, he's gained more yards than any other running back in the NFL since he's been here. Derrick Henry's close, but that first, they can't tackle him. Once they get around his hips, he shakes them off and he goes, 
Yeah. Right. He is just one of those guys that he is not going to take a loss unless it is just something completely wrong with the offensive line. He's fallen forward for three, four, five, six yards every time. It's not like it's a li- every time he's gaining extra yards. And it's it's something that the defense is not going to expect. You know, um, they're going to expect Chubb up the middle 20, 20 times touching the ball. Give him 10 targets. Throw him the ball 10 different times. The defense is not going to expect it because the Browns have never done it. I mean, he's lucky to get probably his career high is five catches in a game or four catches in a game. So, yeah, get him the ball in space or something. You know, let's try something different. I don't know why they're so against that. Get Jamal. He's fast. You know the one play I love the most of them is when he goes completely out wide as wide receiver. Like, and motion, and there goes Chubb out of the backfield over as a wide receiver. Yeah, you know they're not throwing the ball. Yeah, Yeah, I don't have to worry about him. Yeah, (laughs) just stand right there and look at him. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Come on. on. Decoy. Bri, let's have some high hopes, but at least we're going to have some fun at West 3rd and Summit with our top dog tailgate and our friends down there. So let's get into Fat Boy Tuesday. And now it's time for Fat Boy Tuesday. And Fat Boy Tuesday is brought to you by two fat guys sitting here staring at you right now. All right, so, Brian. Do you want to do offense, defense teams, or you want to just? Oh, I did. Well, do we really have a player of the game? I don't know. I came up with some. Yeah, I got some, but we don't have to. I, don't, I mean, it's not like no, no, anybody. No, we can do that. I'm sorry. We, I, I, I got all excited about bold up. I wanted to stop talking about this. <laughs> I'm trying to keep you on script. And I, I, you know, Brian, I even have him here because as soon as I clicked all the way down to next charge up, I was going to go back to him. And I'm like, ah, oh, we already passed him. Nobody needs to know. Uh, Brian, give me your big O player of the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn. Um, you know, I could take the low hanging fruit and say Nick Chubb, but I can say Nick Chubb every single week. So I'll say DPJ stepping up, making some plays. That big one that was just that close to a touchdown and then we settled for a field goal. I mean, and that was a hell of a catch because I didn't think he was going to get it. I thought he'd lose the ball in the sun, which well, you can't blame him for that. But, um, but yeah, he, he got the focus and made a play and uh, yeah, we need more of that because Mari Cooper was, was a uh, non-existent for most of this game. So yes. give me some DPJ for that one. Uh, low hanging fruit, uh, you know, Nick Chubb, but I'm going to go sure. with your guy, our center. I can't even pronounce his name. Posick. Posick. With him and Batonio and Teller right there in the heart of it, I'm pretty sure we could sneak for six yards if we need to. I don't even right. think we need to run a play, Bri. Just get yeah. Jacoby down and just keep pushing the middle of the pile every time. Because those three, when it comes down to a quarterback sneak, Jacoby gets like six yards. Like he, it's not even he's not even stood up. He falls forward for like another four, and just rolls right over top of people. So, kudos to them. And plus, they really didn't. You know, there at the end, they got a little bit handsy with some people. But I'll tell you what, they've done great in the run game for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And yeah, ass blocking. Jed Wills is back. All right, you know we have uh, Conklin was back at right tackle. Correct. Yep. Okay, so we're starting to get our offensive line gelling. And right now, they're gelling with the power game. 
and they're protecting Brissett as best as they can. So yeah. this offensive line is probably one of the best ever. So, Bri, who is your big D of the week? Big D of the week, and you know, I, I was going to give it to Grant Delpit because he had a couple of nice breakups. One was on a third and goal. In the end zone, he had a breakup, and then he had another breakup on a third down, and it was just nice to see him make plays. But, uh, you know, this team is desperate for guys that make game-winning plays, and there's not many of them. You know, there's not many opportunities out there, but in the fourth quarter, when we needed a stop on third down so we could give our offense a chance, this guy make a play, and uh, Jacob Phillips on third down, you know, stopped him short. Um so we could get the ball back. Otherwise, if, if and it was one-on-one, if he didn't get them, the guy's getting the first down and they're taking knees. So for him to make that tackle on third down, at least gave us a chance. So, uh, so I'll shout him out. Bry, uh, the only one I can shout out right now, and I really don't want to shout one out. Uh, I think the defense lost us this game. It's been twice now that you have had a chance to stop. Your offense did everything they could, and you did not do what you could do. Um, so if I have to choose one, I'm going to choose Jordan Elliott sure. for getting a timely sack when needed. I'm kind of like with you, bits and pieces. Uh, Grand Delpit did play a very good game this week. Um, Denzel Ward was up and down. The great thing is, you hear all this stuff, we really don't talk about Greg Newsom that much. Or remember, like, like, or John Johnson. I really haven't brought up John Johnson that much. <laughs> Greasing <laughs> the skids for me. Well, I'm just, you know, like we really haven't like brought up anything. Like, exactly. And you know something? You know what they say about the guy that's not named? Must be doing his job, right? No. So, Bry, let's go with uh, just not my day. There you go. You lead me right into it perfectly. And it's more of a, yeah, John Johnson. Uh, He didn't do anything to lose us the game, I don't think. You know, I didn't go back and rewatch that uh, big play. I don't know if it was his responsibility or whatnot, but we signed this guy to a pretty lucrative deal. We had high hopes, and through, you know, one full season and, uh, you know, a quarter of another season, he's. I don't feel like he's living up to, to what we were hoping for him. So... He's got to start making some plays. I need to start hearing his name more. Um, he's not an offensive lineman. You know, I need to hear John Johnson making a play here, John Johnson making a play there. Yeah, he's not losing the game for us, but when we have Miles Garrett out, we have Jadavian Clowney out, you know, we have Taven Bryan out. We need our playmakers to make plays. And I saw Grant Delpit make plays. I saw um, Denzel Ward get the interception. I didn't hear much from John Johnson, and it's been that way for a while. So uh, I, I'm needing him to make uh, to make some plays to get me uh, back on his side. Uh, for my just not my day, Bry, I am just going to go with the entire run defense of your Cleveland Browns. Um, you let a Dearness Johnson loose that nobody knew at all just go to town on you for a series and you just got embarrassed. Like, you didn't get, like, a little bit embarrassed. Like, you got embarrassed like you wouldn't believe because their star running back wasn't doing it. Their backup wasn't doing it. It was their third-string running back 
that was running all over you and not a little bit running all over you. As Bryce said, six, eight, six, eight, seven, 10, five, uh, touchdown. There it was. Like, that's what happened that drive. Right. It, it really did. It felt to me like I was playing bad and, and just like, and juke. Sure. And juke and, the, and gone. So, mm-hmm. all right. So let's get into Fat Boy Tuesday. We are going to be at Western Summit for Mac and Cheese Tailgate, drinking some beers with all the people down there. Lauren and Eric and everybody. Craig, hopefully you can make it. So, Bri, I got to ask you, you are not a guest judge. Mm-hmm. And the mac and cheese. But this fat guy is. Now, it is me and Nick Wilson. Our guest, <laughs> Nick Wilson from 923 The Fan. Mm-hmm. And two other guests. So right now we have the classic Mac all ready to go. But we need a super Mac filled out. So if you make a super mac and cheese, and what I'm saying like super mac and cheese. I'm saying like lobster mac and cheese, like a super specialty mac and cheese, not just a classic couple, two or three cheeses. And this is what you're going to get out of it. I'm talking like something like last year, Brian, when I had one, the one that floored me was a dill pickle mac and cheese. Hmm. Floored me to the ground because the Parmesan dill pickle, it was absolutely fantastic. We also had a short rib mac and cheese last year. Okay. Okay. I think Lauren won the classic mac and cheese because she just did a regular classic, but it was like six cheeses. And Brian was so good. It Mm -hmm. was so good. But like they they go out like we've had a buffalo mac and cheese was there. Um, what else? We had a chorizo mac and cheese. So the mac and cheeses, I mean, he's doing so last year we had eight per category. I think this year we're having 10 per category. I'm not sure. So it's grown a little bit, but I want to know your go-to mac and cheese, Brian. Like if you had to pick, if you had to make a mac and cheese, is it like a craft box? Is it a Velveeta shows and cheese? Do you like bacon in it? Yeah. I'm good with, you know, um, shells and cheese are probably my favorite. But the Stouffer's is too good. Uh, oh. My mom makes a uh, a mac and cheese in a crock pot that's really good. Um, but if if we're talking about like a specialty mac and cheese, you mentioned buffalo chicken. I think that's got to be up there towards the top. Um, probably a, like a chili mac and cheese would be pretty good. That was another one that we had was a chili mac. Uh, I think like a pulled pork mac and cheese would be damn good. And then the other other one I thought of was like a uh, chicken bacon ranch mac and cheese. I think would be pretty good. So That's okay. any of those, I would be going back for seconds with them. And I think what maybe some people don't do, but I think would be a nice touch is like maybe you crumble up some uh, cheeses or goldfish or some sort of cheese snack, Doritos or something. You know, smash those up and kind of sprinkle them on top to give you a little crunch. I think. Uh, Cheetos, who knows? I don't know how crazy you want to get with it, but uh, I think that'd be damn good. Now, Brian, I did see one, and I am not flaming hot guy. I like spice, but I don't like spice to the point where it's miserable. It's got to have okay. good mm-hmm. And I saw a mac and cheese. Right, Brian, you ready for this? 
with the flaming hot Cheetos on top. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was good. It, it looks so good, Brian. Sounds good. Uh, Jose said seafood mac and cheese. I've had a lobster mac, and lobster macs are good. Okay. All right, but he can't eat it because he would die. Uh, <laughs> but no, kind of like what I look for in mac and cheese, just so everybody knows for my judging preference. One, the noodles got to be good noodles. All right. They got to be shells. They got to be nice little macaroni noodles. However, whatever noodle you have, it's got to be cooked right. Because if that noodle is not cooked right, that changes everything for mac and cheese. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two. If you're going to put cheese on it, put some fucking cheese on it. All right. <laughs> I don't want the edges with some like raw noodles. All right. No, no, no. Make it cheesy to be cheesy. That's what it's supposed to be is mac and cheese. I'm not supposed to get like a little bit on the outside where there's nothing on it. And I'm like, well, what the hell is this? All right. And number three. You cannot go wrong with flavor, and it could be any kind of flavor because guess what? I'll eat anything. I'll even try stuff. They'll be like, all right, well, I got you a porcupine uh, mac and cheese with a side of gopher. I would try a bite. No, thanks. Bri, I said a bite. Okay. I didn't say a lot of it, but I would with try fur it. on it. But you got if you're doing a super mac, I want a super Mac. I want one that's going to make my shoes fly off the bottom while I'm eating it. Like I want, okay. I want some good super Mac. All right. What what won the super Mac last year? Do you remember? I voted for the dill pickle <clears throat> person, mm-hmm. and I think somebody, one other person, did with me. Um, but I believe it was the chili, uh, chili mac and cheese won it last year. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> but it was a really good chili mac and cheese because it came down to those two. The other ones were kind of like, like they were good, but they, those two stood out and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. So, all right, Brian, we're done with mac and cheese. Now we're going to talk a little bit of college football end out with trivia and our top three. All right. So college football, we are in conference play now, Brian, the, Ohio State University is ranked number three, I believe. And Michigan University, I believe, is ranked fourth. All right. All right. Can't wait for can't wait for November. Can't wait for it. But college football has been wacky as wacky could be. We've had upsets. We've had everything else. And Bri, I wanted to talk to you. It's more or less like a one-hit wonder. All right. It's Man, they were so great in college. Why didn't they do so good in the pros? Mm-hmm. All right. And we had we've had a handful of those on the Cleveland Browns. Right. <laughs> okay. We really have. I mean, if you think back to it, uh, who was the um uh the Baylor receiver that we drafted 15? Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman led mm-hmm. Baylor. For touchdown catches, everything else. 20 yeah. touchdowns. One yeah. Year. Record book. Didn't do so great in the pros. Johnny Manziel. Two. Other different stories. Brady Quinn was yep. on here. Yep. Um, let's keep going. Uh, Montario Hardesty. Now, granted, that was injury-based. <laughs> but he did great in Tennessee. Came here. Mm-hmm. Not so much. Josh Gordon. Uh, great Baylor wide receiver, 
Not so much. Terrell Pryor. I'll bring in high state people into this, Brian. High state quarterback tried to switch it up and play wide receiver, which he probably should have done in college. Any Hooters. Uh, lived up to hype. He was okay. Oh, just okay. Oh, boy. Here we go. Now we are getting ready. Craig Nally's here. What is going on, Kevin? There he is. Uh, What's what's up, Kev? Hopefully we get to see you Sunday down at West 3rd and Summit. Tailgate tailgate with us. Sure. Um, So, Brian, name off some names that you thought that were kind of like high and mighty, and then we'll get into our top three right after it. Okay? Yeah. So, so we're coming up with guys who were damn good in college and just didn't live up to the bill in the pros. Um, guy, I mean Reggie Bush uh, comes to mind just because he had a solid career, though he really did have a solid, solid. solid but he Not wasn't like he wasn't like same with Tebow. I put Tebow in the same category. I mean, just one of the best in college, and then just. I don't want to say just the guy because that's a little disrespectful, I guess. But, uh, but you know, I I don't think they made any Pro Bowls. So to be at the top of one level and then the next level, you know, you never get to that peak, not even for one season. Um, so I put those two guys in there. RG3, um, he was just a freak athlete. Obviously, injuries paid, played a part in his demise a little bit. I think it played a huge role in his demise. I mean, I yeah, he was going to take the Washington Commanders somewhere, and then he blew out his knee, and he just wasn't the same quarterback. He was just he was he had a slight frame, and he just wasn't built for taking NFL hits. And uh, you know, sometimes you have that. So when I was starting thinking about this, I was thinking about like some of the best guys that we've seen in college. And I wanted you to come up with a guy. I, I thought maybe, you know, you'll name a bunch of Ohio state guys. I'll name a bunch of Michigan guys. Um, so give me, give me the best uh, Michigan player that you remember ever seen in your lifetime in college. And I'll give you best Ohio state player that I, I remember seeing. If you want me to go first, I can, cause I kind of sprung this on you. Um, I don't know. You got one? Uh, yeah, probably one of the best I've seen, uh, especially in college, Charles Woodson. Okay. Is probably one of the best. Um, close second would be, at least for an Ohio State fan, me talking, Mike Hart. Mm-hmm. Like he just, there's something about, every time he played Ohio State, he just did something. Yeah, um, didn't do anything. And then probably last but not least, you know, you got to Desmond Pose, but Desmond Howard was something special too. Yeah, along the same lines, I I was thinking of uh, probably the best Ohio State player that I've seen in my lifetime. It just kind of a game changer and just was different than everybody else was Ted Ginn and just his speed. And just how smooth he looked on uh, on punt returns, and you know when he got in the open field, it was like it, it's over, it's gone. So it hated to play like against him. What's that? It didn't even look like he was running. It really didn't. Right. Like he like was, he was just like gliding. a dog. And then next thing you know, he's in the touch. It's like what the hell? Like 
Right. And I don't ever recall seeing speed like that in college. So that was kind of an eye opener for me. So that's kind of something that an Ohio State player that will kind of always stand above the rest of them, in my mind anyways, is just, you know, just being something that I, I don't recall ever seeing before. And that's that's your only one? Oh, yeah, that was I mean, that was the one guy that, you know, that, that just kind of stood out to me. I mean, you know, I could come up with other ones, but um, uh-huh. but he kind of uh, he was he was different than than other Ohio State players that uh, that I can remember seeing. I mean, they're all obviously they're all great, but yeah, he was just different. Yeah, and he, he definitely was. And for him to have what was it like 12 years in the NFL? Yeah. Just yeah, he, he's just, uh, yeah, he had some good years with Drew Brees, and yeah, he was fun to watch. Even with the Panthers, being a punt returner and wide receiver with the Panthers back in the day. Can't teach great. speed. Yep, that's why, you know, I think the Browns are giving Mitchell Schwartz a second. Mitchell, there I go again, Anthony Schwartz. Uh, <laughs> a second, a third, a fourth uh, try because, yeah, that speed. You just hope something clicks eventually. And uh, if he can put it all together, he's a stud. God, I'd love to watch Mitchell Schwartz run at 40 with Anthony. <laughs> God, would that be something? I think Anthony be, might be able to beat him going backwards. That'd be embarrassing. Oh, my Lord. All right, Brian. <laughs> so let's get into our top three, and we'll close out the show here. All right, Brian. And we love talking college football, and we're probably going to have here before too long, especially with playoffs and everything kind of going. We might be doing college football along with uh, the Browns because you and I are both passionate about our teams. And it looks like they're on a collision course here at the end of the fall for something special. So, Bri, uh, the reason why I brought this up is there has been, like you said, we've had a Johnny Manziel, we've had Reggie Bush, we've had all these great college players. And I mean, not like game-changing college players that when they get to the pro level, either they were just okay or just done. And it just, they couldn't compete in the pro level. So I wanted to get your top three that were the best in college, but just didn't pan out in the pros. Sure. You want me to go first or you want to go first? I will go first with mine. And I'll even take it because I know it's true. Um, Granted, I never got to see him play because I was not young. Or, yeah, I wasn't even born yet. Two-time Heisman Trophy winner, Archie Griffin. Only man to win it two times in a row. But in the pros, not so much. All right. What about you for uh, your number three? My number three, also uh, near and dear to our hearts, um, it's uh, Trent Richardson. I mean, he played on the same team as Derrick Henry, and people were saying he was better than Derrick Henry. Um, or I can't. I, did he play with Derrick Henry, or did he play with um, Mark Ingram? I kind of. Well, okay, so it was, it was him and Ingram that were so played on a team with a Heisman Trophy winner, and uh, and they were saying he was better than Ingram. So for him to come to the Browns, I was super psyched, and just never panned out. All right, Bry, for me. And it's a wonderful, wonderful story of a West by God, Virginia, 
Pat White, one of the most electrifying quarterbacks for Rich Rod and his power that he had there at West Virginia. He had Heisman Trophy written all over him. They played great. They lost short match. And when he got to the NFL, he couldn't do a damn thing. And, Bry, what you say about Ted Ginn, Pat White was like Lamar Jackson. If Pat White played now, the way college is played now, he'd probably be Lamar Jackson, if not better. Mm-hmm. Sure. And if people don't know who Pat White is, look it up because it was him, like Tavon Austin, I think was Steve on that. Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton. And that mm-hmm. team made some noise like you wouldn't believe. They were ranked like second. And I think they lost the pit. They lost the backyard brawl to uh, not get into the playoff, into the um, championship game. So take a look at that guy because that guy is something special. Brian, you're number two. My number two, man, I was, I was trying to think of, uh, of guys and – this guy kind of stood out because he was a receiver and I thought he was, you know, they're talking about him like he was going to be the next Jerry Rice. And he had a okay career, I guess, but he just didn't live up to the billing. And that is uh, Michael Crabtree. Um, he was just uh, at Texas tech. He was, he was, they were saying he's different and it, you know, he, he wasn't the fastest guy, but he was just smooth with his routes. He could make any play out there. And then, get to the NFL drafted, I think top 10, maybe even top five, um, get to the NFL. And he was just kind of, a, you know, an average uh, number two receiver or whatever. Um, so, yeah. So he was a guy that stuck out to me. Number two. All right, Brian, my number one. All right. And uh, after this, we're going to do one Michigan and one Ohio state. All right. Oh, <laughs> No, no, no. One of, like you, for you, Michigan, a Michigan player that you thought was going to be the great oh, shit. Okay. Didn't turn out. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yep. All right. My number one, Brian, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was a leader of men, and especially for the offense that was built for him there in Florida. Tim Tebow, and even coming – now, I'm not saying he didn't do horrible in the pros. Like, I don't think that he completely got a fair shake, okay? And that's just me personally because when you go to Denver and you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in a playoff game and then you really don't get a chance at quarterback again after that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was just – I think the reason why is because he was left-handed, he threw funny. His mechanics were off. All this other stuff. But what he had is what most people don't have. And it is the will to win, right? Yep. He wanted to win. And when he wanted to win, he did whatever he could to win. And that riled up his team, right? He could have had a broken nose, go back in there and finish the game. Like he was that kind of guy that it didn't matter what it was. He would do it. It would just, yeah. I, I don't know if I've, I've ever seen a, uh, you know, a quarterback or, or a football player that had more of an it factor than him. Because, like you said, it, he, he he would have games 
uh, for the Broncos where he would be like four of 16 or six of 20 and they would still make the game, win the game. And it's just willing your team to win, getting your guys to rally around you. You got them to the playoffs and, you know, you thought he had a bright future, but then they had a chance to get Peyton Manning. So who's not going to take that? And then that was the end of Tim Tebow. Nobody really gave him a chance after that. And Personally, I think it's maybe a little bit of a Kaepernick effect where your persona, your your character is just so big that it's going to create such a distraction and your talent just doesn't match up with uh, with the distraction you're going to create. So, you know, he wasn't given that second chance. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, the guy I had at number one was a, a guy that, man, I was so high on. And I'm kind of blurring the lines a little bit of, uh, you know, draft prospects and uh, great college players. But um, this guy, I wanted the Browns to draft him so bad. And they didn't get a chance to because he got drafted, I think, two overall to uh, to the Raiders. And it, Robert Gallery out of uh, yeah. Iowa. And I know he's an offensive lineman, so you don't think like, man, he was so great in college and just didn't cut it in the pros. But I thought, you know, I thought he was going to be Joe Thomas before Joe Thomas. Um, and then it turns out he didn't make it. He had some injury issues. They moved him to guard to try to get him to work there. But just for whatever reason, couldn't cut it. But, man, he was a stud offensive lineman. I mean, for an offensive lineman to be drafted number two, you don't see that a ton. So just for whatever reason, didn't work out for him. All right, Bry, one Michigan player that you thought was going to be king shit in the NFL, and it didn't happen. I'd have to just, you know, because close to my heart, Braylon. Braylon Edwards. Drafted number three overall. Yeah, but wide he was, receiver. He was a Pro Bowler, though, wasn't he? Yeah, but nobody gives him that kind of credit. I mean, honestly, he's one of the best Browns since they've come back, but nobody gives him that kind of credit. Yeah, one year he he was a Pro Bowler. Um, let's see if you're not letting me use Braylon. I'll say, um, oh, let's see. I don't know. You you go ahead. I'll come up with another Michigan player. I, I have to. Okay. My mm-hmm. my first one, and it's it's an X factor, Maurice Claret. Um for Ohio State sure. when he came in as a freshman. And Bry, I, I honestly think if he would have just if everything would have happened for him and he tried not to jump or the administration didn't have it out for him or anything of that nature. I think Maurice Claret would be in the same kind of sentence as Henry Chubb. Like he just, he had it and Bry, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't anything special. It was just put my head down and I'm going to run over you. I'm going to be that way. And my number two, and this is going to blow your mind. You ready for this one? Let's hear it. Troy Smith. I thought Troy Smith, really? through his Heisman year, and the way that he lit up everybody, and then he gets to an LSU. I mean, Bry, he went to the national championship game twice and lost both. Mm-hmm. How many quarterbacks can say that in college? Right. Not many. And I saw him. The game, the game, not any other game, the one-two, Ohio State-Michigan. 
he won that game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he was that guy for Ohio State. And I thought that if he got into the pros, I really thought he was going to do something special. And it just never happened. Just never yeah. happened. I think uh, I think if you need any more um, further showing that the college game and the NFL game are different, look no further than Troy Smith because, yeah, he dominated in college. But he just – you knew because of his size – that uh that it probably wasn't going to translate to the NFL. Like I remember when he won the uh won the Heisman, Kirk Herbstreit saying like the Browns need to think about drafting him number three overall. And you know it was maybe caught in the moment a little bit because I don't think he was drafted to like the sixth round or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the same thing with Tebow. You know, you would think Tebow with his uh, accolades and everything that he's done, he would be a surefire you know top five pick. He didn't go till twenty five. And people were surprised that he went at 25. They're like, man, you know, they're kind of taking a a swing, big swing on this guy. I um, thought he went earlier. I thought he went like 15 or 16. Who, uh, Tebow? Yeah. No, yeah. They traded. I think they traded up to get Are him. Because I really, because yeah. I'm sitting there, I was floored when they actually took him because I yeah, thought. Yeah, McDaniels was, Josh McDaniels was coach. Uh, of course he was. Um, so I can't, I, I remember another, uh, Michigan guy, um, and it's a guy who was drafted in the first round, I think by the Bengals. Um, I don't know if you remember Chris Perry, the running back. Mm-hmm. He was a stud. I loved him. He might've even gotten the, the Heisman conversation. Um, I don't even for know whatever why. reason just didn't translate. I don't even know why I question you when it comes to the draft. I don't even know. Was why. it 25? I don't even know why I question you. See, I just, why can't why can't I put this use this knowledge, useless knowledge to you know make some money or do some good for the world? Uh, it's called Mel Kiper. Put out a draft book. Face <laughs> <laughs> draft book. All right. Yeah, I'm not that big of a nerd. I just All have right. useless information. All right, Brian. We're here at the trivia stage. All right, we already have our T-shirt winner, which is Craig Foster, who has the single season RBI. Record for your Cleveland Guardians slash Indians. Man, I'm I have one name down, but I almost feel like it's a trick question. So the three names I have are Albert Bell, Juan Gonzalez, and then I think the the answer I'm gonna give, but I'm I'm starting to think it's not right because I would think more people would have guessed this. Uh Manny Ramirez, I think, will be my guess. My God, you're so good. Is that right? You got it. Really? How Na- many? 1999, Manny Ramirez slugged in 165 RBIs. 165. Yep, that sounds right. In 2000, he slugged in the exact number that Jose Ramirez has right now. Okay. So we need Jose to get a couple more, break the top 20. Albert, Albert Bell was right behind him. Okay. Was okay. Juan gone up there at all? Juan gone. Maybe was, he he was on the top ten. All right, but okay. he was not in there. And I know which Juan gone like two thousand six or whatever the hell it was. Well, with the with Texas, he hit like one hundred ninety or something. I thought. Yeah. So for your Cleveland Indians, I want you to Jose is twentieth with one twenty something, mm-hmm. but the picture is Manny Ramirez and Craig Foster got it. So sweet. Congrats, Craig Foster. You got a t-shirt coming. Hopefully I can actually give it to you in person and we can have some fun. 
Uh, Brian, we are definitely here at the end of the show, bud. I mean, it's been an hour and 35 minutes. Yep. We've yep. had a blast. Uh, tune in next week to uh, see some pictures. Brian, we're going to have some pictures floating around. Sure. Stuff from Western Summit. Please go. If you guys want to come out and hang out with us, come out and hang out with us. I will be yeah, there in about between 9 and 10. Um, I'll be at Western Summit with Bry, with Top Dog Tailgate, with Lauren. Uh, drinking some cervezas and eating some great food that's there. Um, there's going to be a whole bunch of games, prizes, and stuff given away. It's for a great cause for the City Dogs of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So please come hang out with us, have a beer with us, check us out. And uh, you know what I like to hear? Hey, fatty. You give me a hey, fatty, I know who's there. Somebody there to see me. So give me a <laughs> hey, fatty, all right? All right. On that note, Bri, it's been a great show. Thank you so much. For being my co-host and yes, sir. side host for everything, bud. I appreciate it. All right. We will be doing a live show here soon. Very soon, Brian. If it's not you, it's me. So we'll figure that out. Uh, I might just peek in at an establishment. And we just do a show from there. <laughs> All right. So, Brian, on that note, God bless him, bud. Yep. God bless you. God bless your family. And God bless the Cleveland Browns. All right, I am that fat guy. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please like, subscribe, share, retweet, do everything for our show. We love doing this show. We have so much fun doing it. And all we need is a little help from you to get it out there to everybody so they can have some fun with us. Uh, Craig, Jose, Craig Nally, nice seeing you. Yeah. Good Auden, for sure. Mike. Yeah. Mike Gotti in here. Uh, James in here. Chris in here. Uh, friends, family, thank you guys so much for watching. But like I always say at the end of the show, Brian, we are definitely uncorked, unloaded. We're out. See you next week.